Hello everybody, welcome to this week's episode of I Cast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I am Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Last we left our adventurers, they had created an unlikely alliance with a mind flare that they had encountered in Candlekeep Library itself. After perusing some of the chambers, the one, particularly one where the giants um, were stationed, they came across the door that they desired. This door being the door to the draconic section of the library. Mal, however, being pinged by her familiar that the demonomicon nearby she slipped out undetected away from the party fast forward a little bit and fleeple's finding himself entering the draconic portion of the library by literally climbing through the mouth of the dragon that spewed fire as part of the trap and after taking only a little bit of damage found himself in this room successful malamara after navigating this very bony white creature reached the other end of this hidden room and found the book that she was looking for. The big cliffhanger that we left on was Fleeple encountering a familiar kobold. And that kobold is, of course, as we all know them, mud. And that is where we join our adventurers this week. So, we will start with Fleeple. <laughs> Fleeple, mud has just emerged from behind a bookcase, from the shadows, if you will and has called over to you and said, Jake, is that you, Jake? And run over to you. Yeah, and I rush towards him as well for an embrace in the middle. And I say, oh, Mud, you look as if you've been doing very well for yourself lately. Oh, thank you. Uh, to be honest, I've things have been really rough the past few weeks, few days, but I'm, I'm glad to see a familiar face. Yes, I would imagine that if you find yourself in this creepy library, that things have probably been a little bit rough. Uh, they've been a little rough on our end ever since we got here. Oh gosh, it's, it's been terrible. All of my party was just slaughtered outside that door there. They just fell through the trap onto, into the... And they, I just didn't hear from them anymore. Oh, you came here with others. Oh yeah, it's been me and a few other people from the camp and... You know, just some of the other cobalt that we've gathered along the way. and It's just been really sad. I've just been left here all by myself. Hey, you're not alone anymore. And I reach into my bag and I pull out some cheese and some salami. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's the only real food I've seen all week. <laughs> and he Goodness. goes for the cheese and just starts shoving it into his mouth. And because he has very few teeth, he just tries to, like, gum it. And it just is like getting mashed down and mashed down, and it takes him it takes him an awful long time to just get the smallest piece of cheese. But he's just savoring it, going, "Oh, there is so much, Jake. Oh, it's delectable." Yes, oh, I'm very glad to see you. How long have you been here by yourself? Oh, I would say oh, I can't really keep track because there's no fun. But I'd say. Probably anywhere between three and five days. Ooh, that sounds like a bad time being all here alone by yourself. It is. Do you have any, like, liquid? Ah, yes. In fact, I just got this wine from the other room, I think. I, I got wine in the other room, right? Thank heavens. Yeah, it was one of the uh, barrels at the the front there. And so he just uh, sinks his teeth in, like, uh, the, the two remaining teeth he has as, like, a can opener. And uh, to open it and just starts, like, chugging from the cask. Oh, my God. This is... I really needed this, Jake. Seriously, thank you so much. Yes, well... Here, I have my friends with me as well. Uh, have you figured out a way to open the door from the inside? Oh, no, you can't. There's no way or else I would have I would have gotten out of here myself. I just would have pushed it and, you know, gotten out of this terrible place. Hmm, that is unfortunate to hear. Hmm, let's, 
let me take a gander over at there. I, I've got some magical understanding. Maybe I can find something hoodoo-y going on. Oh, okay. Sounds good. I'm just going to stick right next to you because I've been alone for a while and it's been really creepy. Like, there have been books that have been moving by themselves and I've heard, like, whispers and, like, a dragon, like, talking to itself sometimes. And I just... I've just laid on the ground for, like, 12 hours at a time without moving so they wouldn't see me. And Fleeple suddenly remembers that there's a ghost dragon down here and <laughs> lowers his voice a little bit. Um, yeah, we probably shouldn't, like, speak too loud. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Uh, let, let's go take a, another gander at this door. Okay, sounds good. Since we'll be joining together here... Lance, what are you doing on the other side of the door here? Fleeple has successfully popped through. Lance is starting to panic <laughs> because he cannot find Malamara, and he's really worried about what a really dangerous dungeon could do to a person. And so he's continually, he's going to try like walking up and down this hallway for like a good solid like maybe minute pointing at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pointing, like, each direction at almost every place, trying to... Casting message, trying to be like, Malamara, tell me where you are. Malamara, we really need to know where you are. Malamara. And so this is probably about the time that Fleeple would have this conversation with Mud as well. And as you keep casting in all directions, you do not hear a response from Malamara. And Rue's desk sort of floats over to you um, at the bottom of the steps and uh, is just watching as you pace back and forth and just watching, just observing his tentacly hands uh, in front of him. As like Lance is just so f frustrated and and scared in this moment because he does not know where, where she's gone. He is gonna turn to this mind flare ally, temporary ally and just go, well, don't, don't just stand there. Uh, do you have any way to send somebody a message or something? Or to, or to find somebody? Or we just, we, we can't go forward unless we're all together. We've already, we've already screwed up once by splitting up. We can't do it again. Uh, Rue's desk, his tentacles um, over his mouth flutter as he speaks to you. I do not have a way to find anybody. But if she wandered off on her own, Perhaps she did not want you to follow her. I don't... I don't know what happened to her. That's the point. I don't... I did not hear anything sneak up on us. So, logic would state that she wandered off on her own. Well, that's just great, because she gets really pissed off at me when I do that. <laughs> it's like Lance just thinking to himself. Perhaps... You were the one she learned it from, as he cocks his head and looks at you. It's not a, it's n it's not an inherited skill. <laughs> it's not a skill by association kind of thing. Okay. Uh, this fleeple, uh, you go over to the entrance and you see this door is for the most part pretty bare. As I mentioned, ahead right at the top of these double doors is a massive statue of Bahamut, the Platinum Dragon, but it's not part of the doors itself. The place that you entered is this, the stone is discolored and it has its own, you can tell it was put in after the doors were created, right? And so you have the stone doors in like this massive like diamond shape, which um, you know you came through. And so the it's very clear where you entered the door uh, through the door here. Mm -hmm. huh. So functionally speaking, is it like a door that could theoretically open? Uh, yes, this door could open. It's just there's no handle on this side. And as you go to push against it, nothing happens on your end, but it just isn't budging, even with you and mud pushing on the side. So something is keeping it from opening but it can open. Mm -hmm. And obviously with your knowledge of the magic and the trap, it's probably got something to do with that. Whether it's the mechanical portion of the trap or the magical part of the trap, that is to be seen. All right. I'd like to see if I can find out what that is on my side of the door. And if I can't, then I'll uh, solicit some help from Lance Stalin. 
Excellent. Go ahead and roll an investigation check on your end, then, Fleeple. You got this sport. Hey, that's a modded 20. <gasps> Ooh. Fleeple. The stonework is very fine, and so it's hard to see, like, it's hard to see, like, the actual slot where it would open up, um, the, the stonework at least, for this hole. But you do, with your Mata 20, you do, like, feel around, and you're, like, putting your claws in there, um, and you do feel exactly where that slot would be. And um, it's very well hidden, though, but you can get your, like, fingers in there. Um, you might even be able to get something a little bit finer, a little bit sharp in there um, to maybe pry it apart. Yeah, let me let me take a gander through my ooh hoo hoo. I have a cultist dagger that I got <gasps> back at the very beginning of the campaign. And it's ready for this moment. Oh, I've waited so long for this. I'm going to stick that cultist dagger into this here crevice and see if I can maybe pry it open a little bit. Yeah, due to your investigation check being so high, you can get it in like a little bit. Not much of the knife has gone in, but it is like, it does give a little purchase. You, you're not sliding the whole knife in necessarily, but enough of it has gone in where you could find purchase if you make, uh, if you would like to try to pry it open or things like that. Is that your intention to pry it open or to like try and find like a slot or things like that? Uh, the thing that is going to get this door open is my intention. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Uh, let's go ahead and have you try to pry it open with the dagger then. I will have it be an athletics check, I would say. But Mud is right next to you. He too has a dented dagger mm -hmm. and he's like i don't even know why i have this it just sort of like was part of my inventory when i started out on this and you know it's just, it's just i guess it's coming in handy now yes you know i started with a dagger as well when i first went off adventuring and i think i've used it maybe once well this is the second time isn't it yes there's a second time for everything you got this sport <laughs> All right, and uh, Fleepo, go ahead and roll with advantage for this athletics check. At this point, um, Lance, you do hear at the top of the stairs Fleeple and another cobalt grunting and, like, uh, straining on the other side of the door. And it's you being at the bottom of the stairs, you it's loud enough to where you can hear it. With that advantage, it's a 16. <gasps> Ooh, 16. Very good, very good. That 16 is enough to get it to pry partially open. You pry, pry, pry. There's a lot of pressure uh, that's holding these stone portions down. And you're after, when you can get a little bit of purchase, you actually shove your, your claws in there and start to try and like push down slightly. And you can see this glowing red inside of the mouth. The mouth of the dragon is closed, but you see this glowing red orb uh, up above like it um so if you're if you were to see through this hole it would go right through as you saw what am i trying to explain here um the the gem the glowing gem is above the hole and so as the trap activates the fire goes down and out um towards and so the gem isn't like directly in between the other side of the hole and you if that makes sense and that's what you can see as you've like pried it open slightly so it's almost like a periscope kind of thing going on here there ned why don't you describe what i'm wanting to describe here <laughs> yes there's the magic takes the orb that's above the opening and projects it reflects it out straight very prismatic magic here, but with fire. Okay, yeah, I'm going to look up there and see if I can't uh, grab that orb and jimmy it out. Okay, it's still a tight area. Trying with a 16, you weren't able to get it to open up enough to where you could shove your whole arm in necessarily. You probably would have to try one more uh, athletics check with, with mud helping you out on the other side there. And Lance, this is... 
it's quite rambunctious at this point. Like you hear Fleeple talking to Mud or somebody, some other Cobalt, and discussing stuff, and Mud being like, "I think I can get my hand underneath if you just if you help out right there." And so you rush to the top of the stairs to um, hear what's going on, and uh, Fleeple will allow you one more uh, with advantage if it's. A certain DC, I'll allow you to maintain your position. Um, if it's five below that DC, you lose ground. But if it's above five, you get to you get to pry it open a little bit more. All right. Let me find something real quick. Okay. Bless or uh, guidance. So yeah, as I as I as I go in for my second attempt to open up this opening here i'm going to say you got this sport and my voice gets deeper as i turn into an eight and try and leverage my massive muscles wow. against april's back there you go april all right oh it's a glorious day when all of us remember that fleeple is a druid and can wild shape indeed <laughs> Instead of a cleric trying to bless. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. Thank goodness for wild shape. That's a 23. Oh, yeah. Mud's like, I think I got it. I think. I- oh, my gosh. And you just. The stone is completely exposed. Both of your Mud's like removed his hand. He's like, you do. Uh, you, you, you got that sport. And you're you've got one massive hand pushing the bottom portion and the other the upper portion up and you can see it and you can reach in and you can try and grab it with your arms being a little bit thicker than usual i will make it a very low dc to try and grab it just make it a deck dexterity check here but pretty low just all right just for kicks dexterity i shouldn't have closed the ape stat block dexterity is a modded 20 Oh, yeah. Plenty, plenty. Um, You go in and you grab the stone and you start to pull it out. As you start to pull it out, there's some resistance, but you grab hold of it and you just kind of yank it down and it starts to get really hot and it starts to glow and get really warm in your hand and you pull it. uh, Do you pull it all the way out of the slot? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I, I'm in wild shape. I have hit points to spare. I'm going to pull it out, and then I'm going to Captain America just jump on top of this and <laughs> try and take the brunt of it. Grenade! Yeah, I love this. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Mutt's like, oh my gosh, it's going to go off! And Lance, you hear all of this, like, powering up. You hear everything going on on the other side. It's about to go off! And Fleeple just... Uh, in his ape form, grunting and then falling to the ground. Not trying to dodge any of this. I mean, if Fleeple dies right now, I've got mud right here. I can take over his mud. <laughs> Our plan all along will kill Fleeple and mud be like, I will avenge you, Fleeple. Yeah, Jacob, you can be the bard. I'll be mud. I'll be mud. <laughs> oh, boy. You take 23 points of fire damage. Ooh, 23 damage, so that takes away all but four of the ape's hit points, and I take four damage. So are you back in Fleeple form? Yes. Okay, so as this massive fireball just erupts in your form, Mutt goes, just starts screaming at the top of his lungs, (laughs) and as the fire envelops your entire body, Fleeple. Your ape form is gone as a result of it, and you stand up really charred, some of your scales singeing with smoke coming off, and you cough and do the cartoon, like, smoke circles come out of your mouth, and you just wipe yourself off, and you're like, whew, that was unpleasant. (laughs) Yeah, so I make sure that the orb is by itself, uh, not being touched, and... I'm going to call out through the door as well as I can and say, uh, Lance, I've disabled the fire trap. You should be able to, I don't know, what can you find from out there? I will approach the door, and because we have locked the mechanic that doesn't let that floor fall, I will try and push open the door. Excellent. You go over to the doors and you push on the face or the both sides a little Aragorn style, and you push it, and with ease they opens 
inward and fleeple use you help on one end and mud helps on the other end and ruse desk floats behind you lance and you have opened the doors to the draconic section of the library yeah baby now malamara mal at the end of this library this portion of the library this hidden room with all this iconography of demons and devils and evil your detect magic reveals the book as well as your innate ability that your patron gave you pings at the end of this corridor far for the most part fairly distant away from the monster that seemed to be bound to something you approach this book and you stop about 15 feet away this book is propped up so you could see the cover and the combination of your patron's gift as well as your detect magic you can visibly see a purple blackish swirling mist rising off this book that you know to be a result of your magic and if you blink away and turn it off so to speak it would just be a normal book well normal in some sense the cover of this book is very worn, and there does appear to be sort of like a leathery structure to the cover. The cover itself has no title, as your patron described to you before. The only thing on the cover appears to be this skeletal hand made out of gold that acts as a clasp to keep the book shut. And for a book this important, you'd expect it to be a little bit organized, but there are papers that are trying to poke out from all edges of this book excluding the spine of course but the top the bottom the side there are pages that seem to be almost ripped and just sort of like um if there was wind they'd be blowing in the wind gently mal will approach it as close as she can zaza had said that there was some kind of barrier and so she'd like to go check out exactly what that entails using her detect magic to t try and identify what type of magic, maybe the barrier or what the book is giving off. You get about five feet away, and as you go to reach for the book, your hand is stopped by a barrier of evocation magic. Something seems to be holding you back from grabbing onto this book. And how to get past this, Zaza's unsure. Does anything happen when I touch it? Does it shock? Does it damage? Or with enough pressure, I could push through it. You'd like to try and push through the barrier? Yes. Let's go ahead and have you roll a a, a strength check. Just general strength check. You sure you don't want to make it athletics? I, I am sure. A 15. You shove against this barrier, and it, rep or it repels your hand gently you set your mind to it and you start to push and push and as you it seems the, the stronger you push <clears throat> the more that this barrier repels your hand it the force that you are putting into it seems to be giving that much more but you do make some progress you push and you push and you push and you get a few inches from the book before your arm is exhausted and burning and screaming at you and so your hand you let your hand get repelled away and you take a few steps back from the effort and and you you start to breathe and recover and shake your hand out in your arm that was quite painful to push that strong that that much for such a short amount of time knowing that time is quickly running out for her she's going to look at on either side of this altar to this book, there seems to be a couple of statues. Mal will look quickly for any words written, like in the creepy hallway, if there's anything on these statues that maybe help get through this barrier. And within about two minutes, if she doesn't find anything, she's going to go with her second plan. Okay. Go ahead and roll me um, an investigation check then. Ooh, 21. My new metal dice are giving it to me tonight. Haha. <laughs> The statues, as you're looking at them, both are actually of a woman. And it's odd, they don't appear to be demonic like the rest of the room. But these statues are identical. 
and this woman is a fairly plain woman but her outfit is she doesn't have a regal gown so to speak she, in fact she is dressed somewhat like a commoner somebody that you might see in a any sort of town or a tavern but she does carry herself with a sort of importance sort of regalness if you will and as she stares down at your location from both of these statues directly in front of the book um, the statue has a kind of smirk to it no writing as far as you can see but as you inspect the statues closer there does appear to be something on her face that stands out on the right side of her face just under her eye on her upper cheek is a little in symbol and if you didn't know any better it almost would look like a kind of chicken foot there's one long line going top to bottom that seems to form the the handle and one of the uh, spikes of a three spiked pitchfork almost but it's not quite a pitchfork that's just the that's just the tool that you can associate with this type of a the this type of symbol and like a pitchfork it has two lines branching out from that long line to represent three points so the 21 that's what you get knowing that Urtu wanted this book when he gave me magical assistance mal reaches into her memory trying to connect with this magic she doesn't understand is there any way that i could roll a knowledge of history or a knowledge of arcana or something that maybe Urtu gave me information to understand what that might be no is an okay answer, I promise. Let's have you roll... Wouldn't be history. It wouldn't necessarily be arcana. Let's have you roll a wisdom check. Thirteen. Thirteen. As you let your eyes roll in the back of your head and you are sifting through your mind, through your thoughts, and this new ability, this new power Air 2 gave you, you're, you're met with chaos and your mind you're trying to focus in on a singular point you're trying to to uh, focus in but after a, a good minute of this you uh, you grab your head with a headache and um it, it's it, it was quite painful and so you have to pull yourself out of it just for your sanity knowing she's running out of time and not thinking things through as clearly as she should be she's just gonna try and touch it because she doesn't understand how magic and traps work the way that maybe lance or fleeple would she's going to try and touch it and if nothing happens go on to her second choice she's going to try and just reach for the book again sorry she's going to try and touch the symbol thinking that maybe it would trigger something because she's seen lance do things with traps so she's going to try and touch the symbol on the statue first okay so um this t statue being 10 feet you climb a little bit and you reach up to this the the symbol and as you touch it you wait nothing seems to happen though excellent climbing down from the statue out of time and desperate mal will use her last rage and try and push through that barrier one more time to try and get through like a running start at it and try and you know smash her way through excellent sounds good so mal taking a, a couple steps back kind of breathe <laughs> and just run as fast as you can. And with rage, I believe you have advantage on strength checks, right? I have advantage. Yes. I was trying to figure out if I could add my rage damage to it, but I don't think I can. I think it's only for attacks. That would be a natural 20. Yeah. yeah. Oh. I don't know if that'll do any good, but it was a natural. My first roll was a three. So the advantage <laughs> was a natural 20. For a total of what? Oh, 22. Well, with the DC being a 21, you run at this invisible barrier, prepping yourself, bracing yourself, and you reach for that book as you throw your shoulder in, and without even thinking, just instinctually, um, letting that rage envelop you. As you run, each step, your form seems to get stronger, bigger, fuller, and you hear the shadows of your past call back as you run for this book. You hear people from your village. You hear your grandparents telling you to calm yourself, to control yourself. You hear these flashes. 
milliseconds just of these instances that are forever burned in your memory of the bonfire of your brother walking away in disgust in anger and as you as this all culminates right before the barrier you just scream as you see your tusks grow into your vision and you rush through the barrier reach out grab the book and just as you grab the book the barrier repels you and you fly 20 feet backwards from that you take 13 points of force damage and six points of bludgeoning damage as you skid roll clatter along the ground and that six points i believe is halved but you clatter along your your body gets cut up from this loose stonework you said it was bludgeoning and force so 13 force damage six bludgeoning damage i only take i only half the bludgeoning and as you come to a stop zaza comes over to you sort of like perks their head looking at you and you just breathe (sighs) 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 before the rage leaves you your body is a little exhausted it sags a little as you move around and roll over to your side you feel this hard book in your hand and it is a solid book and as you look over to it you just sigh take a deep sigh knowing that i have to get back quickly on some of the tables it looks like there are some leather wrappings and such could i just quickly bundle it tightly so if anybody happened to look in the book they wouldn't just see it uh wrap it quickly with some leather and some twine stuff in her bag and she's going to get ready to go back across that atrium with a creature in it yes as you dump some of the scrolls that are in this these leather wrappings you take the leather that would wrap this book up wrap it up you you tie it with a leather strap but as you go to put it in your pocket you spending even 30 seconds here this voice emanates throughout the room ah You thought you could take this from me by force, did you? Well, I'm afraid it's not that easy, darling. Let's jump over to Lance and Fleeple to see what they're up to right now. Hey, Mickey, do you have a bard backup character? (laughs) (laughs) It's Paladin. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Um, you heard it here you heard it here first folks uh i will because as i've aragorn these doors with the help of fleeple and mud <laughs> and opening them uh as soon as i see fleeple lance will say good job good job fleeple that was incredible oh my gosh is that an indraconic mud is that you Mud sort of raises his hand. Indraconic. Yeah, hey, how's it going over there? It's good to see you. Uh, it's, it's me, it's Mud. Mud, oh my gosh, what's it? Where's it? Ah, oh, never mind. And back into common. <laughs> Be like, Fleeple, you did an excellent job. It's very surprising that your, your friend is here. But we're missing Malamara, and I can't seem to catch her on... In in my spell, uh, I, I don't know where she is. I'm kind of panicking a little bit, and I'll just like kind of lean into Fleeple as I like kind of look over at the at the mind flare. A friend here says that oh, she wants to be alone, and well, maybe she learned that from you. And he's full of crap. But I'm just worried. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't. I'm just worried. What should we do? What do you think we should do? Mud at that point turns to you, Fleeple, and goes, "Wait, your name is Fleeple." Uh, yes, we were do- we were doing a bit of a sting operation. We didn't want Mondath to know what our real names were, so, you know, Lance here went by Vandal, and I was Jenk. Lance is taken aback that Fleepo remembers that. <laughs> yes, that's that's true. Oh, <laughs> well, my name's still Mud, so you can still call me that. You know what, Mud? You can call me Fleeple or Jenk, whatever you prefer. Okay, we'll see. I mean, the friend I met... The, one of your friends called you Jank earlier, so I mean. Well, well, Mud, Mud. To be fair, to be fair, Mud, we are, we are the Jank Squad. 
So. Ah, oh, okay. That's good. So it wasn't a lie. So you're the leader then? No. Uh, no, no. It's kind of like a. It's kind of like a a panel of of bickering people. Who's the leader? It's kind of a, tri- of a triumvirate that doesn't work very well sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that would make sense if you're the leader because, I mean, uh, your friend that came to visit us after the whole like camp situation, they. Um, they said that you were a friend of... They were a friend of yours and stuff, and... Who was they, that? Uh, they're the ones that kind of, uh... Oh, it's just one of your friends. I, I just assumed it was one of the guys that you sent on over to us. Uh, could you describe this friend for us real quick? Yes, please. Oh, yes. Sure. Um... Yeah, this guy is, uh... I mean, he was pretty... He's pretty tall. I was kind of scared... Because he's a human, you know, and we just ran out of the cultist camp, and it'd been about two weeks or so, and, uh, we had, like, a hundred cobalt that followed us, and, uh, <laughs> every time we tried to, like, settle down, like, we'd get hunted by some wild hunting party, and, or some orcs would attack us, and we'd have to scatter, and we'd join up again, and then we'd scatter again, so it was really stressful, I would say, and, um, uh, but your friend, he came and joined us, uh, I would say just, you know, not too long ago. It's just, it's only about a week, and, um, he just said he was your buddy, and, uh, a buddy of Jank, I should say, and that if we wanted to stop dying, we should probably split up and, uh, not be in a group of hundred kobolds, so to speak, so. And, you know, he was pretty wise, so, yeah. Who, who was, what did he look like? Oh, um, well, he had, uh, you know, he was a guy, and he was a bit older, but oh gosh. You know, he <laughs> didn't act really, like, that old, but, you know, he had, like, a beard and, like, gray hair, and, um, he had a bunch of birds that kept following him, which I thought was crazy. Oh, 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 okay, yes, the li- little yellow canaries? I mean, they were yellow, that's for sure. Uh. Did did he have a pipe? And when I tried to, well, when I tried to eat some of the kid, the birds, he didn't like that. And oh uh, yeah, I mean, he had a pipe, and we we well, we all smoked around, you know, the the campfire, you know. I lean into Lance and I say, "It's Terrien. He's chased us out of the book." <laughs> the the stupid book bot. <laughs> Now, I'm, I'm realizing at this point that I'm not sure if I actually, like, touched base with you and Mal after this happened. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> oh my gosh, you didn't. No, I you never told us this experience. <laughs> but Excuse when, me? When, yes, after after you and Mal disappeared, I was just there by myself, and Terry Ann suddenly was like, oh, I'm, I'm very wise, and I understand things about the gods, and why are you different than all the other kobolds? And uh, it was just this abrupt shift in demeanor and I, I I think he's a bit more than what he seems was was he just trying to fleece you for more money Fleeple he didn't take any money from me that's the crazy part maybe he's a long con at this point as you're having like this private conversation mud sticks his face between both of you as you're like inches away from each other and he goes yeah, and then, um, well, he told us to come here, me and, like, the other cobalt to start looking up, like, some information, and, um, that we had to get to the draconic section first, um, but that we might bump into you guys once we came here. How did... I'm so confused. How did Terrianne get from the book to the forest to tell them to come here when we didn't even know we were going here? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Thomas, could I potentially have Fleeple try to deduce something based on some experiences that he's had, some knowledge that he's gained? Like what? So when we were talking to Quilbert, Quilliam, whatever its name was, we were talking to the Quill and it was like, hey, have you been in touch with a god anytime recently? And Fleeple was all like, I don't know if I've been in touch with a god. Now that all this stuff that he's hearing about Terry Ann might be circling some stuff around his brain a little bit okay okay yeah i mean i don't think that needs to be rolled i think that could be something that fleeple's he's very perceptive he's very old very wise not as old as he was before but 
you know, he's <laughs> mentally, he's still got it. I think that's within the realm of reason. Hmm. I don't know for sure, but I think Terry might be deific in some regard. You think he's a god? I mean, when you say it that way, it sounds a little bit crazier than I had it in my head. Well, it explains this random jumping about, but, I mean, a god of mischief? What is he, going to haunt us for the rest of our days? I don't know. He seemed very kind when he spoke to me. I I don't know. I'm going oh, to yeah. need... No, he's totally kind. He's like... He gave us, like... He, he gave us the right direction. He gave us food. And he's, he's, a, he's a cool dude. Did he ask you for money, Mud? We didn't have any money anyway, so it wouldn't have mattered. <laughs> this guy. There's something about this guy. <laughs> you know what? There's a religion section in this library... I might need to do some clerical research, so okay, to speak. Okay, okay. Yes, yes, I'm all for that. But before we think of any research, Malamara. Oh, goodness gracious, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what do we do, Sleepwell? Do we just continue on and hope she catches up, or, or do we go and find her? Well, here's the thing. We've got this room open. We know that we don't have to worry about the attack anymore because, and I point to the orb on the ground, I managed to get that thing out of the situation. Don't touch it or it's, it might explode on you again. But now that we've got the room open, presumably we can make our way back in. Um, we should probably go find Malamara and let her know that Mud is here. That's true. What about our, what about our Mind Flayer friend? Or I don't know he's a Mind Flayer. What is his name again? Sorry. Roosdesk the Banished. Roosdesk. What about Roosdesk the Banished? Banished, 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 Banished. Uh, we're, we're not leaving him alone in this room, that's for sure. Uh, we should maybe bring him with us to find Matt. Roosdesk is not with you. It's <laughs> <laughs> like a that. horror movie all of a sudden. Everybody just keeps disappearing. It's like that line from Galaxy Quest when they're like at the at the mines and they look and they're like, they're all gone. And... <laughs> What the one guy wasn't anyone watching <laughs> while they were like having this intense discussion, but then he blames everybody else. <laughs> yeah, Bruce's desk is nowhere to be seen. Dang it! <laughs> that is bad. I do not like that at all. Okay. How? Okay. So should we f try and find Malamara? Oh, uh, do, do we find? We should probably find Malamara first. Because if we end up needing to kill Ruse Desk the Banished, it would be good to have Malamara. Banished, banished, That's very true. That's very true. Um, yeah. If, any, if, if, if I know anything about Malamara's, she can definitely banish people for good. And we need that. <laughs> Did you catch that Felice reference, by the way? <laughs> oh, oh well, you're, you're very clever, that's Yeah, I try, I try. <laughs> <laughs> My gosh. Uh, okay, oh, let's. Um, okay, she obviously didn't come in here, so we've got to backtrack. We either need to go back the way we came, or to those rooms to the side. Yes. Uh, let's see if we can pick up any evidence of where she might have gone to. All right. Well, Mud, come with us. Oh yeah. Oh, I'll go anywhere with you guys. I don't want to be stuck in here. <laughs> yes. Well, we've we've completely disarmed the trap. We've we've locked the pit so it won't open up on us we've gotten rid of the fireball so we can just we can go through at our leisure and so you lance fleeple and mud exit this room then yes we will exit the room go back to the hallway and see if we can find some sign of like these i, I think i remember the side room the side rooms uh next to that hallway before we totally backtrack they had doors, and those doors were shut. And for some reason, I don't know why, I didn't think that Lance should just look at those doors. And if they're open, that might be a sign that Malamar has gone through them. And you're talking about the doors right at the bottom of the stairs. Yes, the at the yeah, in the hall, the hallway that used to be the trap. At the bottom of those stairs, there were doors right in front of them. On the opposite side, that out of you know metagame that Malamar did go through, but we didn't know that. But if they're open and they previously were closed. Lance should have put two and two together that that's where Mal went. Excellent. Before we get to that, Malamara. This very feminine voice has just spoken to you, and it freezes you in your tracks. You look around, and you don't see anybody 
or anything. What do you do? Mal will stretch forth, f- stretch forth. Oh my gosh. Mal will stretch, stretch out her hand. <laughs> Mal will stretch out her hand and remove Zaza from this plane. We'll put her back into her pocket dimension and she will book it back toward the room with the creature and try and get across and out the other side. Not She's not going to run straight across the creature. She's going to run around the outside where she thinks that barrier hopefully is still in place. We'll find out. That's just running. As you go to run, the moment you banish Zaza, the woman's voice comes in. Now I can't have you leave that easily with one of my possessions. So I'm going to have to keep you here a little occupied. And as you go to sprint, a hole in the ceiling opens up. A massive hole. And as this hole opens up, your blood turns to ice. You involuntarily freeze in your tracks, staring up at that hole, because what empties from that hole is utter blackness, darkness, and chaos. As you stare into that darkness, you feel the screams and yelling of countless lives. And you feel the end of things from that hole. And just as you like start to gain your senses, a gigantic hand grabs one side of the hole in the ceiling on one side. And another one and starts to pull itself through that hole. And as this creature is pulling itself from that hole and flips and falls to the ground directly in front of you, you see before you this gigantic gorilla. But this gorilla is not like April. This gorilla has bright orange fur and blue skin and it has fangs that go up towards its eyes and it's it's breathing down at you. I need you to roll initiative. Oh, Malamara, what have you done? What have you done? It's Jash. It's (laughs) Jash. For any sneak attack listeners out there, it is Jesh. <laughs> so what'd you roll, Mal? I rolled a six. Oh, no. Mm. Are Filippo okay. and I rolling? <laughs> you are not. Oh. Let's see what this Baralgura rolls. They rolled a 21 for initiative, so they're going to go first. <laughs> so that probably goes first. Mm. And, and the way numbers work, they, they're going to go first. The way yeah. numbers I mean, work. I may not be currently a math major in school right now, but I think that's I think that's gonna be fine. Yeah. So, Mal, as this gigantic ape, from what you can see, with blood red eyes, is staring at you, it just screams into your face, literally face to face with this creature. And you're taken aback, and it's going to act first. And it's going to bite down on you first. You already got hit hard with that blast. That's a non-natural 20. That hits. 14 points of piercing damage. (sighs) Is she still raging? No. Oh, son of a... And then it's going to attack you with both of its fists. The first fist... Natural 20. Oh, no. Oh, no. Ow. And then the other one is a 23 to hit. Oh, those Holy. That's going to be 22 points of bludgeoning damage. For the natural 20? Or total? Uh, for both of the attacks. Oh, okay. Oh, wait. Natural 20. Oh, gosh. I forgot about the natural I mean, 20. How could you forget about that? That's total. It was how could you forget? That's 32 points okay. of bludgeoning oh, damage. Are you up? Oh, yeah. What do you mean, oh, yeah? Well, I mean, you're still raging, right? You just took 32 points. I'm not plus raging. Plus 14 before Ooh. or whatever. Yeah, Mal l- used her last rage to get the book. Oh, boy. Oh, oh boy, oh, boy. 
and this Barl Gura just stares at you as it tries to grab onto you, uh, but instead just pummels you to the ground. Right hand smacking you, you spin around, immediately followed by the other one, smashing you into the ground as you fall to all fours. <laughs> you cough out blood as you get the wind knocked out of you. But Mallet, is your turn. Pulling herself up off the ground and staring up at this thing. You said it's between me and this atrium still? Yeah, it's blo- It's trying to block you Guess I from leaving. Mal will glare up at this thing and she'll shout to Air 2. If you want this book, come and get it! She'll cast Mirror Image on herself. And just parkour herself, all three of her images, over these tables and try and book it toward that door. All right. So you're just going to run by this creature as fast as you can? Yes, because I'm already within its melee range, so I might as well. Okay. So 5, 10, 15. You get 20 feet past it, and it's going to take an attack of opportunity. Well, with its fist, it rolled a natural 2 for a total of 9. So so that's 20 feet, 30 feet, and you're going to use your action to just dash, right? No, my action was to cast Mirror Image, and then my movement was 30 feet. And because I'm not raging, I cannot use dash as a bonus action. So you are 15, 20 feet away from this creature right now as it turns around, glares at you. And it's going to turn invisible. Oh, suck. Mal, as you turn around to look, it turns invisible, and you're like, what the? And you just feel its teeth sink into you. Oh my gosh. With advantage. That's going to be 19 to hit. It hits one of the duplicates. Oh, Good. and as it bites into you, Good. it reappears as its mouth goes right towards you. and The duplicates, it eats it whole um, before it just and it tries to smash at you. Oof. 8 plus 7 is 15 to hit. That misses. Oh, and then the other fist comes at you. 10 plus 7, 17 to hit. That is my armor class, and it hits my other illusion. Okay, so it bites in. It misses with the other one. All three of uh, the two of you dodge, and then the last one. And then it goes for your last mirror image. So there's me and one more mirror image left. Yeah. Okay, sounds good. So you have one more mirror image. <laughs> it says the Barlgura has innate spell casting. Mm-hmm. Would it still have to use actions to cast each of these spells with because it's innate? Like it still follows the structure of Yeah, it still follows the structure of every of how the spell is cast, right? Yeah, it just doesn't have to use spell slots. Okay, it is right next to you, Mal. It is right next to you, Mal. And I'm going to say that there's going to be um, one more round after this until any sort of like Lance and Fleeple interaction can even possibly occur. So it's your go. What do you do? She's going to use her action to dash, and then she's going to use her movement around this creature that's still in the middle of this atrium and just keep running toward that door. So as you use your action to dash, it's going to take another swipe at you. That was cocked. 19 to hit. Uh, And that's my last duplicate. Oh, mirror image. Gone. But saved a round for you. Uh, So actually, I'm going to use my movement to move 30 feet. And then I'm going to recast mirror image on myself for my second spell slot. Dang. So 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30 mirror image again. Okay, this is the final round without any Lance or Fleeple or Mud interaction here. And uh, this creature, it's going to actually take a running leap towards you. So it's going to just... And as it's 10 feet away from you, it's going to jump. And it does a long jump of about 40 feet over your head, over to the entrance... And it's going to try and block you immediately. 
this it is visible still because when it attacked you it became visible so you can see it and it's going to just be right in front of you as a result and it's going to go at you again it's gonna go for its bite that's a 19 to hit that hits one of my duplicates smash with his fist it's gonna be a 16 to hit that misses and then finally a 21 to hit and that hits my other my second duplicate so saved by the duplicates again this is mal trying to sprint as fast as she can and just as this is happening just pounding duplicate 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 and this creature getting frustrated just screams as it screams spit comes off of its teeth and splashes against you and your duplicate malamara and you're holding your face a little bit to so you can still see as this mucus is coming at you and you hear in that high-pitched voice that woman going my you are a clever one aren't you Seems I underestimated you. Let's see how we can fix that, shall we? And that is where we're going to end this week's episode of ICAST Fireball. Oh boy. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. No Thomas, you start us way. off on an incredible high and then you do this to us. Leave you on an incredible high as the hope? Uh, yes, 100%. <laughs> well, you'll be even more shocked when uh, mud starts flinging around necromatic spells. So. <laughs> oh, I'm into it. Just, just, just all sorts of stuff. <laughs> oh, man. Well, interesting turns there. I really dig where everything's going right now, what everybody's oh, choices are. How we're all interacting here. It's the one who made Rue's desk disappear and who's currently trying to kill him out. Of course, he feels great about how things are going. Of course, he's going yeah, great. Things are going great, You've actually. done everything I've wanted you to do. And that, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Let a mind flare into the most dangerous part of the library. Steal a necromatic doomsday book. It's all great. Well, hey, you got the Demonomicon, so that's that's, that's not a, a that's not a thing. <laughs> it's not a thing to celebrate. No, I I'm uh, I'm having a ton of fun seeing it, all of you guys' choices and interacting with them. I it's been so much fun these past few episodes and being able to introduce Mud and bring Mud back to the group here. It's been a lot. Of, it's been a big joy. It's been the biggest joy for me for sure. But everybody. To my players, thank you. And you listeners, thank you for listening to this week's episode of iCast Fireball. As always, we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed playing. And wherever you're podcast from, please leave us a review. Boost our ratings. Let's other people know uh, what we're doing is good and that you like what we're doing as well. So, so please feel free to give us a review. Uh, if you want to write something a little longer than a review, shoot us an email, iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And we're hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire. To get the recent up-to-date content uh, for, uh, from all of us here, as always, follow us with the handle at iCastFireball20. You can get possible sneak peeks. You can get uh, snapshots of these battle maps. And you can get a picture of who this creature is. Jesh! This week, we had three people we wanted to shout out who reached out to us either through our Kofi account or online. First off, we have Scipio leaving a substantial donation and some really kind words. They said that they had just finished catching up to all the episodes. Great work. We look forward to more amazing content. Scipio, thank you so much. And we have James, who also left a Kofi donation. Uh, thank you so much, both of you uh, and all of you who have donated to our Kofi. If you want the link to our Kofi, you can go into the show notes. The last person we wanted to shout out shot us an email at iCast fireball 2020 it was some high praise uh it was from mark who said they finished a seven hour drive and finally finished the caldera arc my favorite arc there but in addition to loving the arc they surprised us by making hero forge characters for each of our characters that's fleeple lance and malamar and if you don't know what hero forge is it's a wonderful website to create your own miniatures uh we posted that on our social media outlets this week so go give them a go give those a look they look incredible and very true to character so Scipio, James, and Mark, thank you so, so much for the high praise. As always, we've got our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where they have an amazing ongoing campaign of 
following the Avatar Legends tabletop system, as well as one month mini adventures using the Fate Accelerated system. I've I've not been I've not shied away on social media, but my favorite one up to this point by far is the MySporn campaign. I would highly recommend all of you go listen to if you have any sort of inclination to listen to Brandon Sanderson or have read any of his works. It's just a ton of fun and really close to my heart. Um, but lastly, don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Tom DM, and around the table we have Malamara, Van Stalen, and Flipo, and Mud. Well, let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time. Bye.